Hey everyone, I'm Jared. And I'm Arthur. And you're listening to Unheard of. Brought to you by The Big Bees. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of Unheard Of. Uh, you know, we back at it. Me and the me and the homie J-Ray, no guests this week. Sorry, everybody. But, uh, yeah, how, uh, how was your week so far, uh, Jared? It's been pretty good um, up in San Antonio. Um, however, trip got cut short. There's more business to attend to back home. So... I got to go back. Um, as as of Monday, when this airs, I will be back already because flying out uh, Saturday, tomorrow for us. And there's there's one debate I'd like to settle for people that listen to this. Maybe some people have traveled around, but um, a lot of people talk to me about these fast food chains called Whataburger and In-N-Out. Yeah. And I've tried both of them this week for the first time ever. And uh, what an in and out. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Wendy's tastes better than in and out. It did not taste I'm, good. I'm sorry, Jay. You cut out a little bit when you were talking about Whataburger. Oh, okay. So I said Whataburger is better than in and out in my humble opinion. Okay. Because... Wendy's has like a better burger than in and out hmm. uh, I've tried one of them which one is the which one is the one that like you only have like so many options like it's like number one two three or four or something like that is that in and out yeah I'm pretty sure it's in and out they've got like the red and yellow logo because Whataburger has like 10 meals that you can choose from okay well I tried I tried in and out when I was in Texas. It was it was pretty good. I I enjoyed that. One thing though, no nah, man. I'm sorry. You'd like you'd like Whataburger better. Yeah, I didn't get to try Whataburger. But uh, so one thing though, you uh, you know the whole debate between uh, White Castle and Crystal, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Crystal takes the cake, in my opinion, because I've had White Castle, and it did not live up to the hype. If I was, no, that's true, I'll too. Say, if I was Harold and Kumar, I would have came down to the south to get some crystals instead of going to White Castle. Yeah, man. Crystals makes their fries better, and like their burgers are kind of steamy, almost. It tastes really good. Yeah, their their burgers are... Definitely delicious, uh, uh, Crystal. Well, I mean, if you catch them at the right time, sometimes you know they're they're bad. <laughs> uh, I'll say it. I've I've had a, a a playing out just bad Crystal before. Maybe close to closing time. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> when they just don't care. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry to backtrack, but you, so you said you were uh, flying out, right? Yep. So yep. I haven't actually flown since, you know, everything 
was getting shut down and, and stuff. So, what's that? What's that been been like? Um, well, when I flew down here, I flew southwest, and they didn't do temperature checks, but <clears throat> excuse me, they didn't do temperature checks, but. What they did do was obviously the airport requires you to wear a mask and then it's required on the flight as well. And they're doing this whole thing where for boarding, it's only like 10 people at a time. So it's not as crowded, everybody getting on the plane and then the middle seats are open in their rows. So that's really all the precautions they were taking, I guess in the, in a COVID setting, it's, it's safe, and I I didn't feel um, I didn't feel like my health was at risk at the airport or traveling. You know, um, everybody seems to be doing their own thing, worrying about themselves. And tomorrow I fly United, where um, I'm not sure if they're doing the seat thing. I think they are, but I know for sure as you get onto the gate in the terminal, you have to get your temperature checked with them. Okay. And I've uh I have to get my temperature checked. Uh well usually whenever I go to the gym or like to work. And you know something that's weird's been happening to me? So my temperature is like very low. <laughs> my, are they are are they using like those forehead scanners? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that has been that's the problem with some of these temperature checks. Yeah. So when I go on site to a construction area from time to time in my job, they use one of those head scanners too. And like ninety percent of the time they say my temperature is like ninety six or ninety five. I'm like, okay, that's not low at all. Like as if I'm dying. Yeah. But as, as soon as I go to the actual sites and walk through one of those thermal scanners, kind of like they have a six flag and stuff now, um, my temperature reads normal. It's like 97.9 or something like that, you know? Okay. Because mine is usually, like you said, like in the 96s, 95s or something like that. And I'm always like, what? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They're, those hand scanners seem to be unreliable. They're always like a few degrees off. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. I had a coworker tell me that he could like scan his pinky and it would read like a hundred and six or something like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't count on them. Um, and a lot of jobs are doing that surprisingly, where they're taking temperature checks. And I, I mean, I have to get mine done every single day. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had to start temperature checks pretty much, what, since March? Yeah. Yeah, that's about the same for me. I've been getting them for a long time. And it just feels normal now. I mean, I guess it. what sucks, though, is it's only like one of the symptoms of COVID, you know, your temperature. Yeah. So even if you pass your temperature check every day, it doesn't mean you, like you didn't have the virus, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because 
just because your temperature is okay that day doesn't mean like it it can't you know spike another day. Right. Yeah. But man, I tell you, um, for our listeners that have been faithfully listening, as you all so do, we love you for it. Um, dang, dude, I sound like I'm going through puberty. And my, my voice keeps cutting in <laughs> that's and out. That's true. That's true. Little little boy Jared. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've been having to scream a lot at work. It's it's pretty loud where I'm at in San Antonio. Oh, so you're losing your. So I'm losing, losing my voice, voice a bit. Yeah. So, um, so one update we've got for our listeners is from our Colts episode, the case of Lori Daybell. Um, she has recently pleaded not guilty to her case, even though her children's remains were found on her husband's property. So it's going to be interesting to see where that case goes in the next couple months. Yeah, for sure. Like, like she, she just, she knows something, you know, definitely knows something, but she's going to plead not guilty. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like we talked about in that episode, maybe she thinks the apocalypse is really coming or something. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I hope, um, I hope her and her husband get everything they deserve in the coming months. Absolutely. And um, hopefully some semblance of, of justice for those kids. Yeah. I hope so. And as far as another update goes, like I said, we like to kind of pinpoint back to a few episodes if we've got new updates for you guys. And I know a lot of you heard the episode where I was pretty peeved about uh, my son not returning to school because they made this last-minute decision on a whim to uh, go virtual within a week's time. And so there's some update to that news. Initially, when they said, we're going to go virtual, well, their plan was, hey, we're just going to go virtual the first quarter. So I think it goes to like October 16th, somewhere around there. Okay. And – I have actually been in contact with the board members because I've been like a pissed off parent wondering why the board hasn't given any answers as to what's going on and why they uh, backtracked on all their safety transition plans. And you know what the board told me in an email I've reached out and I've been in contact with one of the district board members, at least on two occasions now. Yeah. And one of the board members told me, that they directly consult with the health department who makes those decisions, if the school should go back or not. Uh An article came out today for Larimer, Larimer County, Colorado, where I live. The health department said they will not make recommendations to go back to school. It's completely up to the board who told me it wasn't their decision when I know it's been their decision. So did you say something about it? Or were you just like, yo, I, I mean, don't don't BS me? I've already called them out. I said, I know y'all are lying to me. I said, uh, I said, look, I know all the other parents, a majority of them will agree with me that they want their kids back in school. Even the teachers are agreeing that all this virtual stuff is very difficult for especially kids like my son's age in kindergarten and all. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, my son's taken to it well, but I know it's got to be difficult for a lot of kids and the teachers who have to spend even more hours preparing and responding to all these students late at night. So, um, yeah, I, I called them out on their BS because I know the board has been full of crap ever since they came out with that last minute plan. And I told them to put a docket for me for every single board meeting so I can tell them how bad of a job they're doing. <laughs> hey, at least you're an involved parent, right? I mean, I, I'm not typically like this. Like, literally, uh, I, I typically am 100% on board with whatever the board decides, but they have completely blown this like by a long shot there's there's probably hundreds of thousands of counties that are back in the school and they just keep going back on these plans and not preparing for anything i feel you so so uh what's what is uh the virtual schooling like for uh, a kindergartner yeah, so they don't use uh, Zoom, right? So the school district has like an agreement with Microsoft, so they use Teams, which is fine. Teams is a nice application. But the problem was initially they had multiple rooms. And so on Teams, these like five-year-old kids couldn't figure out how to switch from, say, homeroom to music class, then to English class. And they, believe it or not, they actually took one of my suggestions. When they released a survey, I said, look, one of the problems is these kids are getting stuck in rooms and being left behind. I say the, the students shouldn't have to move rooms at all. I said it's easier for the instructors to move rooms virtually because they have a better grasp on the technology. I said, you want to keep all those four and five-year-olds together or five and six-year-olds keep them all in the same room and just have the moderator change for whatever class is going on. Well, that one helped, but the problem is with teams um, is that it's, it's not like zoom in a sense, the moderator doesn't have full control. So literally kids can unmute themselves at any point. Yeah. So, uh, and so you, I, I, you can probably imagine. I was saying, has there been a bunch of kids just screaming on the uh, on the in class? Yeah, my wife told me that one kid had uh, his or her microphone unmuted, and they said they couldn't understand the teacher, so they like got pissed off about it. They said, "Hey, hey, what's going on?" And they said, "Like, dang it!" But they said another term. The little kid. <laughs> That's yeah. great. I like that. <laughs> and so I know teachers, um, I mean, you know, I, I feel for the teachers too because they're having to adapt to all these types of changes as well. Um, I just know that as far as like my son goes, he's actually been pretty good with it. He uh, takes the lessons in. He does his little projects. He's fine. Um, but I'm sure a lot of kids are still having troubles. And I'm still fighting for them to go back to school because they got to go. Yeah. But uh, would you say that this is making kids more uh, tech savvy at a younger age? 
Not at no, all. No, it's not. Like I said, kids were getting left behind because they didn't know how to switch like chat rooms in Microsoft Teams. That's fair. So, so they were getting left behind, and it's not like the parent can be with them every second of the day to help them in virtual kindergarten. So, I mean, no, I don't think it's making them more tech savvy at all because uh, half of them need their parents right by their side to get their work done. And um, there was no, there was like no computer class either. They were just told this is what's going to happen. And the kids didn't even really have like a computer class to transition. Okay. Yeah. So no, I don't think it's made them more tech savvy. Um, I thought my son would have learned how to use the mouse better by now, but he still has it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. But uh, as far as that goes, yeah, with the health, with the health board releasing that article saying it's 100% on the board. Now I know a lot of angry parents are going to be sending them messages on a daily basis. So Here's to um, October and these kids going back to school. Hey, get them out of the house. It's not even like, it's not, it's not even a problem of wanting the kids to go get out of the house. Like if my son was at risk for COVID, then we would more than likely opt for homeschool and do all the virtual stuff. Yeah. But, But he's not. And it's a proven fact that these kids got to build their immune systems anyways, or else they're not going to be able to fight diseases like this as they get older. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. Like for all the kids that are at risk, you know, let them, let them be safe, you know, let them be safer than the others do virtual homeschooling, all that stuff. But uh, the majority of these kids got to go back. I understand. So that's the updates on uh, some past little bits. Other than that, the week has been excellent. That's good. Uh, my week has been pretty much like every other week, just uh, <laughs> just working and playing a little video games, you know, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Speaking of video games, I got the Avengers game this oh, week. Oh, you did? Yeah. I watched um I watched like some gameplay of it of like maybe the first 10 15 minutes of it and I was like, uh, well, this doesn't this this looks kind of boring. I I didn't really get I I I got pretty much from the like, the beginning part of it with uh Kamala and then yeah. uh and then to the part where they were, you know, they, they were showing off in the demo. Yeah. Um, and then that was it. Yep. Um, I'll say this much about the game so far. I think the graphics are okay. And the gameplay is individual characters. I thought they could have did more with the Hulk because he's had some pretty good video games in the past. Um, I thought they could have did more with the Hulk. But um, 
other than that, individual play as each character is kind of nice. But the missions are so boring. And it's probably going to take me forever to finish this game. Because it's it's one of those games that as soon as you're into the main story, like 85% of the missions are just you fighting robots or whatever is torturing the town, you know? Oh, okay. It's uh, very repetitive. Yeah, it's one of those games where you just fighting like the same robots over and over. There's like one or two big bosses near the end. Yeah. So yeah, um, the majority of that game is just kind of repetitive. It's kind of like your basic superhero game. They didn't really do anything new. Like I said, the individual play as the characters is fun, but I don't like how they just went with the countless robots over and over and over again throughout the story. Yeah, that seems more like uh, one of those games they would do as like a tie-in game to a movie. You know, yeah. Th- those are those are those are pretty repet- repetitive. I mean, the Spider-Man game was way more fun, like than what I'm experiencing with the Avengers so far. Yeah, I I really like that uh, first Spider-Man game. <laughs> That came out, uh, well, for the first movie. No, you didn't. You liked the second I, one. Okay, uh, controversial, but I actually did not play the second one. Eesh. Ooh. Yeah, I only played the first one, and I really like the first one because you could do the bowling mini game. That was oh, yeah. very fun to me. I just didn't like that you couldn't walk on the streets. You, uh, you had so far to swing and that or far down to swing and you uh see they fixed that with the yeah, second one i know but I, ne- I never played it i don't i don't know why it just just wasn't there for me you know what toby Maguire's spider-man movies don't get the respect they deserve i think they do people people largely uh regard the first movie, like the the Peter Parker, not the Peter Parker, geez, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies to to be the thing that really started the whole superhero movie wave. I mean, I I know they did, but a lot of people since Tom Holland and stuff have been coming out, giving my boy Toby Flack just for all his crying memes. <laughs> And those are good memes, but uh, no, I, I, yeah, they they credit that and X Men, but I I I don't know what kind of opinion this is, but uh, I think every person who's played Spider Man, whether it be Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, I think they all did a really good job for. As I mean, I guess just playing Spider-Man and and you know acting wise, some of the mo- like the movies themselves weren't very good, but them portraying Peter Parker was to me is all, and they've all done pretty well at it. Yeah, well, I've got some problems with Andrew Garfield, and I've got a couple major problems with Tom Holland Spider-Man. You got major problems with Tom Holland but- Spider-Man. I don't have problems with his interpretation. Like, he's a really good yeah. actor. 
But I have pro- I have problems with the character relying on Stark so much. Yeah, I I understand because that. Peter Parker is supposed to be like a genius, and he's even when Tony Stark is dead, he's still relying on Stark technology in the new film. Yeah, because he yeah he's a he's a genius because he makes his own stuff. You know, he makes his yeah. makes his uh, web shooters. I think he makes his his suit right. Well, yeah, he's supposed to. And all that stuff. But, yeah, I think for for the MCU Spider-Man, they wanted him to, to oh, excuse me, uh, they wanted him to have a, like a heavy tie-in into, into the MCU in a bigger role. So, I guess that's why they just stuck him with Iron Man. Yeah, that's not to say Toby's movies don't have their flaws, too. Like, why does Mary Jane have to be the damsel in distress every single movie? That's true. Like, she's all she's always the one that needs saving. And so that gets a little repetitive over three films. Have you have you heard uh, of the uh what is it, the woman in the freezer plot plot device or something like that? Oh, yeah, you're talking – basically, it's just like the damsel in distress. Yeah, though. or like uh, like some harm coming to a woman uh, in, in like every male superhero uh, comic book or movie and them having to uh, get their motivation from that. Yeah. yeah. But see, I like that when it's turned upside down. Like a lot of the movies I enjoy now, as far as the superhero genre, is where like the hero actually gets a lot of stuff taken away from him. Like in Thor Ragnarok, when he's got his hammer taken away, his father just dies, uh, and he basically gets sent to a whole new planet. Yeah. I like those types those types of films because then the hero has to find ways like without their usual get up. Even even Iron Man 3 I actually really enjoy and a lot of people don't I don't know why but he has to like figure out ways to still be a genius without his suit. Yeah, another kind of controversial thing. Uh I don't think I've seen all of Iron Man 3 if any. I don't know. Man. That that one and the second one are probably my least watch MCU films. I've probably never seen both of those films all the way through. Well, both of those films to me are better than Thor 2, The Dark World. That is <laughs> the most boring MCU movie that they have on their list. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's I've only seen that movie once, and that was when it was in a the theater. <laughs> but, uh, like, Honestly, I could watch The Incredible Hulk again before I watch Thor The Dark World. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I like those stories where the hero virtually gets everything taken away instead of just having to save their girlfriend over and over. Yeah, it if, if feels like there's more... I don't know. It feels like there there's more weight to it or something, you know? Like... Yeah. 
something that more than just they have to they have to save somebody. Uh, still in those movies, they, they have to save somebody probably, but it's more of them like kind of saving themselves, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Like imagine if in the new Superman films, he didn't have to save Lois Lane or his mother every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those movies, uh, they give me a little problems. I think the MCU as a whole and even Spider-Man could be a whole topic because, uh, you know, I'm like a huge Spider-Man fan. I could go on for days about all iterations of the franchise. Yeah. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about today, even though we probably just spent like 10 minutes on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, man, uh, today, a lot of people don't know. Well, they do know, but we're recording this on nine 11. And by the time this airs, obviously it'll be past that, but I, I wanted to take some time and discuss nine 11 as a whole and, even where we were as first graders and discuss what it was like from our point of view at that time and what it grew to be. So um, you have any thoughts on that first or you want me to go? Uh, You can go first. All right, man. Um, So what I vaguely remember from being in the first grade is we were in – in class and for all of our listeners Arthur and I were actually in the same class from kindergarten to third grade until we started getting broken up but we still had classes together all throughout middle school high school and such yeah um so what I remember from our first grade class is that the old box tv like in the top corner of the room had been turned on because it was like breaking news that the first tower had been hit And all I really vaguely remember that day is that we watched it and I'm pretty sure we saw the second tower get hit, but I don't remember seeing them both fall down. And I'll just speak from my point of view, growing up with that and then actually learning what happened as you get older and learning the full aspect of it, it, puts in a whole new sense of attacks and realism on the country as a whole, Uh, especially for somebody that joined the army like myself. Um, It's kind of, it's kind of heartbreaking now. I mean, sure. I was a kid then, you know, we both were, but I grew up into somebody that still feels for this country and all those lives lost that day. Um, I almost make it a point every single year to watch those videos of the people calling their loved ones, you know, that were on the planes or the people in the towers where you can see them just waving their hands outside the windows because they're burning alive in there. And even those images of the guys actually falling to their deaths, um, because they jumped from the towers because, they knew that just dying instantly would be better than the torture that they were feeling at that moment. And uh, for me, even to this day, it really hits close to home. I, I really, 
um, it it really strikes a tone with me to remember it every year. And there's just so many people that lost their lives. And there are so many brave and courageous people of America that we don't celebrate too often, you know. And there are so many heroes, EMTs, firefighters, police officers. There are so many people that saved a lot of lives that day as well. And I think it's something that we should remember every year and we need to make make note of because it's it's something that can happen to us at any time. And it's actually one of the reasons every year why I cherish every day because I'll, uh, I'll be reminded of those videos and everything this time of year. And it just, uh, it helps me cherish life more when you, when you just like, I guess, listen to people calling their loved ones for the last time and you realize how good you've actually got it. Yeah. You're, uh, you're really trying to never forget. You say you watch the videos every year. Every year, wow. uh, even like the night before and the day of, I'm always watching videos and listening to the audios because I don't want to forget. Uh, I like to be reminded of it. Um, Cause like I said, it really strikes a tone with me. It, it, it actually hits close to home. That's why um, I make it a note to watch those videos because I, I don't want to forget. I want to be reminded of not only the pain that Americans felt that day, but also like the unity that came after that. Because especially now where America seems so divided, the day after 9-11, everybody was together. There was no Republicans. There was no Democrats. Everybody wanted to support each other, you know? And that's, that's kind of why I like to go back because there's just a lot of emotions with it. Yeah, but uh, it also it also led to a lot of discrimination and hatred for, uh, you know, like Muslims and people uh, from the Middle East, though. Well, that's true. And I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a bigger discussion with the aftermath of it and like what war did, the global war on terrorism. I'm just saying that as a whole, I like the idea that America was actually united. You know, everybody was hurting and they felt like they were all together in one cause. Now there's obviously there's a lot of after effects and I don't, I don't like the discrimination of others simply because of what a few radical people did. But I'm just saying as a whole, that's how I feel about nine 11 in the event. Uh, what I like to remind myself of now, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not like a, you know, racial, I, I'm not like a racist, you know, I'm not discriminatory <laughs> towards anybody. Yeah. I would hope not. <laughs> like you, you've, I mean, you've seen me out in public. I'm pretty much the same with anybody. Yeah. And so, no, I, I obviously understand the after effects of a lot of the policies and stuff that came about afterwards, but I'm talking about just the event in itself. Yeah. 
and as for me, you know, of course, I, I vaguely, I was a child, so I vaguely, vaguely remember that day. Uh, like you said, the, the TV was on, and it was like it was it was like the whole world stopped, you know. For for those yeah. for those minutes, those hours, those days, it was it was like America was pretty much on pause because it was it was devastating. But uh, well, like you said. It was on TV, and I was watching it. <laughs> and I'm sorry, uh, I'm not trying to make light of, of of the situation, of course. But when when I was watching it, I, of course, was in first grade. But I thought they were showing Atlanta on the TV, and so I look up mm. at the TV, and I'm like, my mom's there. And then our first grade teacher looked at me and she was like, your mom, your, uh, she's probably like, your, your mom is not there. And I was like, yeah, she, she works there. But I thought it was Atlanta because my mom worked in, in, in Atlanta at the time. So <laughs> I was, I was convinced that my mom was in, uh, was in New York on 9-11 when I was a child. But, uh, but yeah, of course it was so tragic and, uh, like you said, you watch the videos every year. I, I, I've I've seen them. It has it's been a it's been a mess since I've seen them. But of course, those those images of people jumping out, people you know calling their families and stuff that 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 stays you know and kind of ingrained in your mind if you see stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's like I said that aspect. I want to remember, I don't want to remember, well, I say I don't want to remember, but you have to remember history, you know, because obviously um, a lot of, um, you know, Muslims and people from the Middle East were discriminated against after that event for a large portion of time. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just, like you said, America seemed to stand still for a moment. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's kind of like the stuff that was happening on TV wasn't like it wasn't real, because that's how out of the norm it is for or for us at that time to see stuff like that, especially for it to be played on TV for us at, while we're at school. Yeah, and you know this is America, and we don't really get attacked on our own soil that often that's true so when the battle hits when it truly hits home uh, i think that's when a lot of people feel it you know yeah for sure um so and obviously people shouldn't forget that the pentagon was hit as well and there was another plane that landed in uh pennsylvania so yeah, I mean, a lot of lives were lost that day. There's a lot of brave and courageous heroes who risked their own lives to save others. And a lot of them didn't make and, it. Yeah, no, a lot of them didn't make it. So uh, it's just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a day that will live in infamy, especially for modern America, because it's crazy to believe 
that it's already been 19 years since 9-11 even happened. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, next year it'll be two decades. So uh, time is flying by, but I think the memory stays with us as Americans. And uh, I know I, for one, I will never forget, and I won't allow myself to. Like we said, for all those that lost their lives, we remember you and uh, we honor you. So, yeah, uh, we just wanted to make that a topic on the show for today because I think it's an important thing to talk about and it's something that doesn't need to be forgotten in our history. And moving on to a bit lighter tone. Uh, you know, let's discuss the return of NFL this week. Football is finally back. Yes. And I think by the time this airs, I think by the time this airs, some college games will have been played as well in the ACC. Oh, oh, they're playing some playing some they're playing some college football tomorrow. Yeah, I think ACC plays this weekend and then SEC starts next weekend or the yes, week after. Um I, for one, am very excited to have football back. Of course, uh, trying to trying to trying to see see the Falcons get a get a Super Bowl win this year, you know, or next year technically, yeah. but <laughs> this season. Uh, well, did you watch? I don't know if it'll happen. Oh no, yeah, of course not. But did you watch the uh, Did you watch the game on Thursday between the Texans and the Chiefs? I did, yeah. The Texans still suck. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Well, I won't say they suck, but their coach sucks. For sure. Uh, Bill O'Brien, he doesn't know what he's doing, man. But, I mean, I mean the, the Chiefs are, you know, fresh off their Super Bowl win, so... I, I don't care. The, this man, before like the fourth quarter last night, the last two times he has played the Chiefs in eight quarters, this man has let his team get outscored like 84 to 20. You said 84 to 20? It's right around that number. Wow. They were talking about it on ESPN. Okay, I didn't see that. In, that. in that AFC division game last season before the Chiefs went on to win a Super Bowl, they were up by like 24 points. And then they let the Chiefs score like 40 on them unanswered. Wow. And then last night, they score the first touchdown of the game. But then Kansas City goes on to score like 31 unanswered points. Yeah, what was the uh, what was the final score of the game? What, uh, was it 30? It was 31. Yeah, 20. 31 to 20 or something like that. Or maybe thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, 34, 34 to twenty. That's sad. That is sad, though. Hey, hopefully, hopefully the Falcons uh, can can uh, put up some numbers against the Seahawks this Sunday. Uh, they, I mean, I'll be surprised if the Falcons win the game. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah. Obviously, I love my Dirty Birds. I love to watch them. I'll watch them every game. But just coming from a realistic standpoint, 
I don't think the team's that good. Yeah. It seems like Dan Quinn is on the on the decline as a coach. Yeah, the odds are uh, stacked against him. But uh Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's it, it's uh getting any better over there. And even though they have they have talent. It just Yeah, they have talent, but they don't have strength. Yeah, it just seems like something falls to the wayside every time uh, almost every time they play. Well, I know. Yeah, and I mean, I've had my moments where I hate on Matt Ryan, and I'm sure I still will throughout this season. But literally, I don't care what numbers he puts up because they keep telling me that he puts up these godlike numbers, MVP numbers every season. I don't care. So does Kirk Cousins. What has he done? Because... Kirk Cousins is up there in the numbers every single year. He's not really doing anything. Matt Ryan, since he's entered the league, dude, has literally had a stacked roster on offense nearly every single season, and we can't get the job done. Yeah, it really feels like the uh, our Super Bowl run that we had was uh, would you would you would you call it a fluke? No, no, I wouldn't call it a fluke because uh, Shanahan knew the guys. That was already like his second year coordinating with them. So there was familiarity. Yeah. And obviously Shanahan knows how to call plays because he was just in the Super Bowl himself as a head oh, yeah. coach. Uh, no, I don't think it was a fluke at all. It's just that most of the coaching that we've had along with late game play has not lined up to wins in critical situations. That's a, that's a f- because te- technically, Atlanta should have a Super Bowl. All they had to do, and this is where Shanahan went wrong in the Super Bowl with Atlanta. Um, all they had to do in that whole fourth quarter was kick a field goal, and then Tom Brady couldn't have even tied it. Um, but no, in that last possession, for whatever reason. They choose to, like, run a pass play on third and 12, and Matt Ryan gets stripped and sacked. I'm like, what is what is this guy doing? All he had to do was run the ball, kick a field goal, Falcons have a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, hey, hindsight. Hindsight's 2020, though, right? Not for me. I knew that mistake instantly. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it, it sucks for the heart of Georgia because immediately after that, the Bulldogs get into the national championship the following year. And then they have a 10-point lead on Alabama, which they proceed to blow. Yeah, I don't see how Georgia didn't win that game. I don't know. I don't see how the Falcons didn't win the Super Bowl being up 28-3. Oh, to three. Hey, we all know that. We all know that. That was I'm telling you I'm the saying. the uh the energy was so high like everybody was so excited. We go we it's uh it's 28 to 3. We're like, man, we won. We won the Super Bowl. I'm telling you. Well, when that was my problem with the play calling because like Devontae Freeman, he was running it up. I mean, obviously he has since declined by a long shot. 
But in that Super Bowl, the first half, he was running up that floor. And then in the second half, I don't know if Shanahan, kind of like Pete Carroll, decided that his quarterback needed to be the hero because he started passing a lot more with Matt Ryan. Yeah. And it just didn't do anything. I'm like, why'd you change the game plan, dude? He was up 25 points. No clue, but it was just – it was like you could you could feel the defeat like <laughs> seemingly everywhere in Georgia after, after the Super Bowl. Hearts have been ripped out in Georgia as it pertains to football for many, many years. Yeah. Good thing I'm not a Georgia fan, man, so, at least – I guess so. Man, you're probably worse than a Georgia fan, even rooting for Auburn. How's that? How hey, how that worse than being a Georgia fan? I mean, I'm just saying it's worse, uh, man. Well, hey, we win championships. Two. How many y'all got? One. <laughs> So, yeah, no, the hearts of Georgia, especially when it comes to football, have been hurting. I'm just excited for the football return, honestly, because, as you know, obviously we're in fantasy together. And now with all this COVID stuff that's been going on throughout the year, um, this actually feels like life is going back to normal a little bit. Even though there's not a lot of fans in the stands, you know, fantasy football is here. We're watching the games. It feels like there's a sense of normalcy. Yeah. It does. It does feel I don't know. It feels it feels really good to, you know, just be able to, you know, watch a watch a football game or watch a basketball game. Because it at first it really wasn't looking like you we we'll be watching anything in the way of in the way of competitive know. sports. And, you know, the NBA, once they finish this bubble in October, um, they're saying their next season probably wouldn't start until 2021. Okay. Um, because they're trying to figure out how they can actually get fans back in the stands and travel. Because what they've noticed is if you've watched any of the games, and I have, there's a lot more less scoring games. Yeah. Uh, like, they're not they're not as high, right? And – if you watch them playing basketball, dude, NBA, they've got so many good games right now. I mean, there is just – there's actual defense being played. What they've noticed is that the players being in one location keeps them well-rested better. Yeah. So they're, they're like, more willing to do things like play defense and all. So they're actually talking about switching the schedule up a bit for next season because it probably helped with COVID too. Um, and doing like a baseball schedule where they'd be, say, in one town for a week and just go ahead and complete that series for the season and then move on to the next town. Okay. I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Uh, yeah, because they said the, like the quality of the gameplay just from the bubble has increased by a long shot. It, it, would, it would seem weird because you, you're not used to seeing – Basketball players play the – I mean, other than, like, playoffs and 
finals and stuff. You're not used to seeing them play so many games uh, in a row against somebody. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be interesting. The season will probably be shortened, but either way, if they can get fans back in the stands a little bit, especially if a vaccine's going to come out soon by the end of the year, where they can start releasing it in the masses, you know. Um, I think it'd be really nice. Uh, it'd be an interesting experiment if they switched it up to like a baseball schedule for the season coming yeah. up. And do you, but either way, it. Oh no! Continue. Uh, yeah, do you think? Do you think that would end up being so good that they went to that permanently? Uh, I, I think you can do it permanently. It's just the um, the attendance will more than likely be a factor for fans because, um, because then at that point, say you're a fan of the Hawks like myself, but you live near Denver, well, then if it went to like the baseball schedule, you you're probably only going to have one time during the season where you can catch a game if you're like a fan of that team. yeah. So uh, I think attendance might be an issue, but other than that, I think it would help their quality of play. Yeah, I understand that. I like, I mean, I, I wouldn't have any uh, opposition to it. I, I still watch. <laughs> oh yeah, no, not at all. I'm not saying there's like opposition for me. I'm just bringing up that point because I could see it being yeah. for somebody that lives far away, you know? Uh, like, when I was in D.C., you know, the Hawks and the the Wizards, they play four times a year. So, like, when I was in D.C., there was four times during the season where I could go catch a game and say I missed one. Well, I could just look forward to the next one in a couple months. Yeah, but now you it would be like, you got a, you got like a week and a half, maybe, to or a week, yeah, to to catch them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I said, I don't have any opposition to it. If that's the way they went, then that'd be great. Um, but I just know from their bubble play, yeah, dude, the the games have been so much better, and that's been like a constant complaint in basketball the past few years is that, like, there's no defense played and everybody's just shooting all the time. Yeah. I've noticed that about the uh, lower-scoring lower games. Uh, uh, well, who played Who played tonight? The Clippers, right? Uh, uh, the Clippers and, and the Nuggets, Nuggets played, did. Yeah. I don't... And they did get beat, or the Clippers got beat. Oh, the Clippers beat, got beat. So... Okay. Yeah, but... They're still leading that yeah, series. Yeah, now it's three two. But I was, I was expecting them to uh, put them out tonight. Yeah, well, Boston and Toronto just played too. Their game seven, and Boston beat Toronto. Oh wow, Boston beats. Wow, Boston beat Toronto. So in the Eastern Conference Finals, it'll be the Celtics and Heat. Yeah. Mm. yeah. More than likely, the Western Conference will be the two LA teams. Yeah. The uh, the returning champs couldn't uh, couldn't hack it. Nope. 
And you know what? We're talking about defense and everything. Both game seven or the most recent game sevens that I've actually watched were pretty low scoring. Tonight uh, or this past Thursday, for all you listeners, the Celtics beat the Raptors 92 to 87. And when the Nuggets and Jazz played their game seven, it was like 80, it was like 78 to 80 or something like that. It was really low scoring. Wow. I mean, the defense has just been so much better in the bubble. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's fun to talk about sports, too. And um, I'm assuming a lot of our listeners are primarily football fans, as am I. Uh, I'm really excited to start finally seeing games on every week. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, – it's, it's finally – I know – this may be a hot take. This may be a hot take for you all, okay? Oh, there goes my voice again. <laughs> Little kid over here. Um, finally, there is some good in 2020. Yeah. I was about to say, so I guess Arthur doesn't agree. No, yeah, you know, it's 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 uh Definitely with the with with football coming back, it feels it feels good. It feels it feels normal. Yeah, man. So hopefully, as the season progresses, I'm like I said, I'm basically done talking about COVID for the most part, anyways, because I'm just trying to have life go back to normal. I mean, I get it; it's still an ongoing pandemic, but man, it's just headlining everything the past you know five months. And uh, not that I don't disregard any lives lost. I'm just saying that I know a lot of people are probably getting tired of listening to it every day. Yeah, I mean, it it has be- it has become, you know, repetitive to see about COVID, but you know, it's still a huge risk. Well, yeah, for some people. Yeah. Like, if me and you got it, we'd more than likely be okay after a few days. But also... That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disregarding the lives lost or the people at risk. I'm just saying that there's already been just so much talk about it, you know, this year that I'm sure even people that have had it are tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Of course, we don't focus on it that much on this podcast, anyways. We try to bring uh, some good to your ears every week. Oh yeah, we uh, we 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 come in with the with the sadness sometimes, but we also like to like to switch switch it up every once in a while. Get something get something nice and light, nice and funny for for our listeners. So, which which brings us to our newest segment, which we are tentatively calling uh, "Tales from the Internet." So, uh, wow, nice segue. <laughs> you like it? Did you like the segue? <laughs> no, it was nice. I was just referencing uh, whose line is it anyway. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
I didn't, I didn't. I see. I didn't get that reference. That's okay. That's okay. I'm sure most of our listeners won't get it either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So, uh, Jared, you ready to get into to some tales from the internet? Do it, man. So today we are we're gonna be looking at some of the some of the craziest things people have said on this little application uh, application called Twitter. I don't know if you've heard of it uh, or not. It's it's pretty small. It's got a small following. Oh, no, I don't think I've heard of that. Oh, yeah, well, some people say some crazy things on this app, so you should probably check it out. <laughs> so, going to dive right into it. Somebody, somebody tweeted, I just realized 2020 is 2020 backwards with a surprise face emoji. Wow. <laughs> and then uh you know that doesn't surprise me. That that one doesn't surprise me though because there's a lot of dumb people out there. Uh yeah. <laughs> I like I don't I don't get how somebody could type that 2020 and but, then be like so so I mean, of course. But technically, twenty, technically backwards. It's just o two o two. Exactly. Uh, so they were looking at it more like, <laughs> of course, uh, two and a zero, a two and a zero. You could, the two could go uh, right in the front or in the in the third position and be the same. So it's uh, it's sad to see though. Sad to see. The the education system in this country. Just going downhill. <laughs> Not really. A lot of people just believe what they see on the internet without doing any type of research. Well, speaking of, speaking speaking of our uh, education system, so don't don't uh don't believe in humanity too much. But we got uh, we got number two. People can't be animals. Sorry, fam. Just basic biology. So stop calling people animals and be smart for once. Crying, laughing emoji, pig emoji. So, some of these people on Twitter, I feel like these people were the kids in high school that didn't listen in class at all. Yeah, like I don't, I, I, I don't know how you could, how could, how could you even have the thought of like humans aren't animals? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think anybody who took basic science class would understand that we are. This is sad. Uh, on to uh, number three. We're going to jump right into it. Uh, every second, someone dies. Every second, someone is born. So why isn't our population zero? Oh my god! <laughs> like they are obviously alive to type that out, and then they're just gonna say, "Why isn't there anybody in the world?" Because people are dying and people are being born. God. Well, that's you know that's obviously they don't know. The actual statistics. 
sure, every second somebody is born and dies, but I would assume more people are born than those that are yes, dying. More people are born than people are dying. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe we do about five of these. Yeah, that's fine. And, you know, people don't just live and die. I mean, we live for like 70 to 100 yes, years. Yes, you live for a very long time. Those people that are being born are gonna, are more than likely going to be living longer. So, yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So, number four. What's the name of the boat in Titanic? Oh, my God. <laughs> These are actual tweets, huh? Yeah, actual tweets. These are it. I really hope these people are not adults. They they probably are. Humanity is a lost cause at this point. But uh, our uh, fifth and final one, the, the winner, the, the one that takes the cake, Why do the woman never have to take a DNA test to see if it's their child? Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Because the baby's coming out of them. Dude, imagine. 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 Okay, imagine when your wife was pregnant. And she, Dude. and she, she, she pushed out your son or whatever. Your, your son is born, and they have to do a DNA test on her to make sure that somehow she wasn't infected with another woman's baby. <laughs> but they don't do a DNA test on anybody. They only do that for people that don't know their baby. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. But it's just that just that that would seem like the. Like a the funniest thing to ever happen. Like the only scenario where that works is like a switched at birth situation, where maybe the mother needs to be tested to see if it's actually her child. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, or, but eighty per eighty percent of the time, this is not the case. Yeah, or maybe somebody gave up their their child or something like that, and they have to take a DNA test. But no. Like, if your child comes out of your stomach, of course, that's that's uh ten times out of ten your child. <laughs> yeah, unless you're one of the rich people that can afford surrogates and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, these people! What is wrong in society? I mean, are we not learning things anymore? <laughs> I have no clue. It's those those are those are really sad. Uh, maybe, and those are the people that we want to give free college to. The people that couldn't even pass high school. But do you think if people? Oh man, this is my this is my turn to something else. But uh, I mean, people who would want to go to college are probably not going to be these people who are tweeting stuff like this. I mean, probably not. I'm just saying that as a general whole, 
because I don't think there's a shortage of these type of tweets. Oh no, on Twitter, of course not. So I'm just saying, like as a majority, I'm like, okay, these are the people that need free college. They can't even seem to grasp the things they learned in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. Uh, but uh, everybody, let us know if you if you enjoyed Tales from the Internet. Of course, we always like to hear from our listeners. So, so, yeah, you you guys. And if you didn't like it, well, if you didn't like it, we're gonna keep it anyway. So, oh yeah, well, you heard it, you heard it there, folks. You guys are gonna get more <laughs> more tales from the internet coming soon. So this is just a little a, a little taster, a little teaser, a little a little a little small morsel uh, of uh. Tales of the Internet. Let's let's call it what you call it. Let's call it a taster. Yeah, a little a little taster. Yeah, I like that. It's more like a little appetizer. You know, you get a little taste <laughs> of it. Yeah, very true. So, good stuff. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Hey. Um. As we get ready to close it out here, man, are there any type of closing thoughts you have for our listeners? Oh, who closing thoughts? I mean, hey, you know me, I always, always love these closing thoughts. All right, so right, let me go. Let me go ahead and get the first one out of your way. He's gonna say, "No, wear no, a mask." That's not gonna be the first one. That's usually the last one, Jared. But <laughs> closing thoughts. Uh, first, of course. 9-11, never forget, you know, tragedy. Uh, thank you to all the first responders who who uh, helped, who who uh, risked their lives for those people. Uh, you know, number number two, try to try to do some critical thinking before you tweet, because because the internet is forever. Or at least as of right now. And uh, number three, hey, wear a mask. Wear a mask, people. Wear a mask. <laughs> what about you, Jerry? You got any closing thoughts? Uh, I'd say closing thoughts. As we remember 9-11, uh, just take a look back and cherish everything that you have. Um, every day is a gift, whether we think it or not. And life is precious, so never take a second for granted. And, yeah, everybody just be safe and take some time to maybe do something just out of the kindness of your heart for somebody this week. Maybe it'll help you feel better. I mean, if you don't want to, that's cool, too. I'm just trying to help boost your morale to get you through the week. And, um, no, man, that's pretty much it for me. And... If you want to find me, you know I'm on Twitter now, at Jared Evans. And I hope to have you all back here next week. All right. And, of course, you can find the podcast on the, on the, inter, on the interwebs, on Twitter specifically, at unheard underscore of pod on Instagram. Uh, the same way, unheard underscore of pod. 
on Facebook. Search us up. Unheard of. You'll find us. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> and me specifically, I'm on Twitter at young without the O underscore ABG. So follow me if you want. Sometimes I tweet. <laughs> Sometimes people don't like what I tweet. I don't know. It'll, it's all it's all it's all there though. <laughs> True. The internet does live on. Yeah. And um yeah, we really hope you enjoyed this one, everybody. And as you know, we love you, we hear you, and we hope you've heard us. Hear it unheard of. And as always, I'm Arthur. And I'm Jared. And you just listened to... Unheard of. Brought to you by... The Big Bees. Unheard of.